So a couple of ways that I think about this first, I would say is that one of the things that we coach on and that I believe in is you get your clients to fill out the app. I don't believe in taking apps over the phone. You know, in most cases, it's not as effective and certainly it's not as scalable when you look at the people who run very effective businesses. And so getting them to fill out the app is actually their investing time. So go back to the sunk cost fallacy. When they start putting time into something, they're like, I'm kind of feeling like I'm a little bit more committed to you. Right. And so having them do it themselves is actually better than you doing it for. If they do it for them, they're going to be less attached to you. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Welcome to the I Love Mortgage Brokering podcast. Today, I'm continuing my 10 loans a month series. This is a tactical podcast where we produce every single week, short to the point. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. And today, I'm going to be talking about the sunk cost fallacy. And you know, when you go to a buffet and you overeat just to get your money's worth, that's an example of sunk cost fallacy. And I'm going to share with you three ways you can actually engineer the sunk cost fallacy into your process so that your clients are more loyal to you. Kind of sneaky, right? It's not sneaky because we're trying to actually help people. And I'm assuming you're a honest and ethical mortgage broker when you apply these things. So before we jump into this heuristic, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo has got an amazing app that's basically a mortgage application, document collection and submission platform that was built from the ground up to be very easy to use for brokers as well as clients. And I have a company called Alamy Mortgage Pros where we train new agents and we selected Finmo because it was actually really easy to learn and we didn't want to create more things for the new people to learn. And I was talking to my uh, senior underwriter, Julie, who's been in the mortgage business for 19 years and worked on a lot of different platforms. And she said to me, the thing that she loves about this platform is that it's very intuitive and it obviously, it suggests what documents needed are required based on the application. And it even can suggest lenders, which is pretty cool. It's sort of, it's got this, I don't want to say AI, but this intelligence to it that makes it easy for clients. So you can go check out finmo.ca slash ILMB and see how it can possibly help in your business. Now let's just jump into today's episode. So today I'm going to continue the series on looking at heuristics and mental shortcuts. And as I, you know, affectionately calling it the science of brokering, where we look at the social psychology, the way people behave, and then trying to understand the science and then apply that science to make better mortgage businesses. And I'm kind of a nerd, so I like this stuff. And sociology and human behaviors fascinates me. And so anytime you can add some data and science behind it, it makes it super cool. So what is a heuristic or mental shortcut? Basically, it's when we strive to make rational decisions, right? We assume that people make rational decisions. However, human judgment is limited and our cognitive abilities are limited. And so we created these shortcuts to make things quicker. And often the shortcuts actually save us time and they're usually correct. However, we can fall prey to these sometimes if we're not careful. And so we can inadvertently make bad decisions or not as good decisions as we should. So Let's talk about the sunk cost fallacy. What is it? I'll give you some examples of what it is, how it shows up in everyday life. And then I'm going to share with you how you as a broker can engineer sunk cost into your process to make your clients more loyal to you, right? Okay, so what is a sunk cost fallacy? It's a tendency for people to be irrationally follow through on an activity that is not meeting their expectations because of time, money, they've already spent on it. So it's related to another mental shortcut called loss aversion. So once you've kind of put money into something, you're like, well, I got to keep going because I've already put this money into it. Or I've already put this time into it. So some examples I already talked about. So you go to a buffet. It's $40. I've done this. I think it was like $40, $50 at a buffet in Vegas. And they have so much wonderful food. And I way overeat, not because I need the food, but because I'm like, well, dang, I spent this much money. I got to get my money's worth, even though I leave feeling terrible. And I would have been better off to just buy a simple meal, right? So another example would be, you know, we have a closets full of clothes 
and you don't wear them. They're just sitting in there all the time, but you can't throw them out because you spent money on them that, you know, cost 30 bucks or 40 bucks, or whatever. And you can't even give them away, even though you never wear it and you never will wear it. It's not rational, right? Or another way it can show up is when you start watching a movie that's boring and you're like, well, I've already started it. I guess I'm just going to continue. And this, by the way, is a very human condition that we all do. Recently, actually, so I was trying to fight this sunk cost fallacy. I decided I was going to go through my closet and look at the clothes that I had in there. I tried it all on. I'm like, okay, does it still fit? Do I like it? Is it baggy? Is it kind of looking beat up? And I stood there in front of the mirror and I asked myself this question. I'm like, would I buy this today? And if the answer was no, I either threw it out or gave it away. And it actually helped me clean my closet a big time. But it was helping me fight this sunk cost fallacy where I was like, oh, I'm already spent money. So what? Would I buy it today? Nope. Then that means I'm not going to wear it. Get rid of it clean up my closet. There's something spiritual about kind of getting that cleaned up. And you're like, oh, I feel great. I've even got Mary Kondo in my drawers. So you can see all my stuff all lined up. And so I'm super proud of my closet that I've organized. But I only was able to overcome that sunk cost fallacy by making sure I asked myself that question. So sunk cost fallacy makes sense. You kind of get it. So how do I engineer it into my mortgage process to help me make my clients more sticky and make them not leave me at the 11th hour. So a couple of ways that I think about this first, I would say is that one of the things that we coach on and that I believe in is you get your clients to fill out the app. I don't believe in taking apps over the phone. You know, in most cases, it's not as effective. And certainly it's not as scalable when you look at the people who run very effective businesses. And so getting them to fill out the app is actually their investing time. So go back to the sunk cost fallacy. When they start putting time into something, they're like, I'm kind of feeling like I'm a little bit more committed to you. Right. And so having them do it themselves is actually better than you doing it for if they do it for them. They're going to be less attached to you. Second way you can do this is getting your clients to send you documents. So first one is fill out the app before you're even doing your strategy session, which we recommend a two call method, you know, discovery call, figure out, can we work together or make a good fit? You know, can I really serve you and make such a great impression that you're going to refer me? If not, say no to them. If you can, then of course, proceed to step two. Step two is do a strategy session. I'm not doing that strategy session unless I have some documents up front because there's no point. I think it's like going to the doctor and you go in and say, hey doc, I got a problem. I've got some blood work done. What's wrong with me? And he's like, well, I don't have your blood work yet. Well, yeah, 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 but you're a doctor. You should know. You should better just tell me what's wrong. It's not responsible for a professional to give advice if they don't have all the data. And so you don't have all the data and clients don't even understand their own documents, you know, in most cases. And so you should not be giving, you know, firm advice without documents. So same thing. They have to gather those documents. It's kind of a hassle, a bit of a pain. And then when they get them to you, now they've got more time into you. Not only have I spent time on the app, now I've spent time on the documents that I sent to you. So they've got more investment with you. And a little bonus to this is that you'll actually do a better job if you have data. So, you know, my business partner, I call it the no prospecting method because she does such a great job in the process. And one of the things she requires is having documents so that she can do a proper strategy session. She does such a great job that you get more clients. They refer you to their friends. The realtors are like, wow, that was amazing. And then more and more clients come in. So for all those reasons, it would make sense, not only the sunk cost fallacy from the client's perspective, but their experience is going to be better, right? So yes, you're using this mental shortcut to your advantage, but you're actually doing it to serve them better. So I don't think you're being unethical about it. And then finally, another way that you can think about this is that let's say you decide that you're going to pay for your client's appraisal. So some people do, I'd say 50% of brokers I talk to will do this. Always, always, always get them to pay for the appraisal and reimburse them at closing. Why would you do this? First off, who wants to pay for appraisals on mortgages that go nowhere? I've done this in the past. Back in the day when I was doing them, I'd be like, I got your appraisal. Next thing you know, deal falls apart. They decide to go somewhere else. I'm out 300 bucks or 400 bucks on this appraisal. And now the way I do it is I'm like, I will pay for your appraisal. We'll reimburse you, but only at closing. 
I want them to have that sunk cost of writing the check or paying for that appraisal so that, again, it's a way to make it more sticky and for them to continue to work with you. So hopefully that helps you in terms of just thinking about your process and how this sunk cost fallacy shows up in your interactions with your clients and how you can use it to create a better experience for your clients ultimately and also have them be more loyal to you. So a quick recap. So the sunk cost fallacy is our tendency to continue to pursue an endeavor that we've already committed some time or money or effort into. Even if those costs aren't recoverable, we still want to follow through on it, right? And this occurs because our emotions cause us to deviate from rational decisions, right? So a quick recap, get them to fill out their own application. Don't do it for them. Get documents as soon as possible and, you know, make them do some of the work on it. And then finally, never, ever pay in advance for appraisals or any of those things. They have to pay for them and then they get them on the back end. It'll protect your revenue, but also they're going to be more sticky to be like, oh, okay, I've already paid for the appraisal. They're going to be way more loyal. So hopefully that helps you out. If you are listening to this and you're like, hey, Scott, what other ways can you help us? This is just scratching the surface on some of the things that we do. So if you go to 10 loans a month, we've got an academy there. We have a bunch of really great coaches and just check out 10loansamonth.com and we can show you how we can completely rehaul your business and you know help you scale it. Whether you're at 25 million, you want to go to 50, you're at 50, you want to go to 100. We have a coach and a program that can help you. So go to 10loansamonth.com and thanks again for checking out this episode. In the next episode, I'm actually going to share with you a question I'm super excited about. It's how to significantly improve the efficiency of your team. I call it the waiting room question and I guarantee your team is going to absolutely love when you bring this question to them. And you're going to love it because you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much time I'm saving with this single question. So that's going to come up in the next episode. Thanks again for checking this out. Please leave us a review. Send me an email. I appreciate you guys and we'll be talking soon. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.